Hi everyone and welcome to Ambition Podcast. I'm Anna Buchan, Communications and Insights Assistant for AMBA. Last month I caught up with Chris Dixon, Head of IT Partnering and Innovation at Lancaster University. We spoke about Ask LU, the voice technology software that is a friend to students and can answer almost any question that a student has about the university or their course. Here's that conversation. Hi Chris, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your career? Sure, yes. So I currently work uh, as Head of IT Partnering and Innovation at Lancaster University, which is in the northwest of the UK. I look after people's uh, IT needs across all of our faculties and departments. And I also have a remit to do innovative things, which I describe as being things that don't necessarily have a business case and could be a little bit uh, kind of risky, but also exciting at the same time. And I came to that. I've always had an interest uh, in IT, in programming and development. And I came to the university a long way back in 2001, where I started as a developer. And I've done various exciting jobs, uh, such as running a team of technicians and running the help desk, making sure everyone gets answers to all of their support calls. But I really enjoy the role I have now, uh, working with the development team and trying to bring forward innovation into the university. Amazing. Can you tell us some of the themes and areas you're most interested in from your sector? Uh, We work a lot on mobile development, so developing new uh, mobile applications and looking at how some of our students and young people use technology. And what we learn from that is that students and people coming in from from GCSEs and A-levels are really keen on using mobile phone apps that's the way that they like to consume a lot of information Um, but that is in itself moving and expanding into other areas so areas like uh, voice which is something that i think we're going to be talking about um, and also areas of kind of uh, artificial intelligence and some of the things behind the scenes if you like in the it world which can really help um support students and young people and people interacting with our IT services. So can you tell us a little bit about AskLU and then the process of starting it? So uh, as I mentioned innovation is something that we do and so we love to play with new technologies and I suppose maybe two or three years back we started to see uh, people using these voice devices so you might be familiar with a device that sits in your um, home an Amazon Alexa a Google Home and people start to use this to do things like order products set their kitchen timers and do various exciting things um, and actually we started to see that that might be a solution for the university the other thing that's quite interesting is if you can get these devices to work really well, they should be a really efficient way of um, accessing our services. So one statistic that I really like is, you know, we can type at a a talk at 150 words per minute, but we can only type at 40 words per minute. So if we can get the voice and chat technology working, it's a really efficient way to deliver services. And, you know, looking at some industry trends, we can see that people are starting to report that these smart devices are actually their friends. It's like talking to a, a, another person and there's something really interesting there in allowing a student to talk to a digital voice device as if it was their friend. And that opens up you know, a whole bunch of 
possibilities. What do you think the main benefits of Ask LU are for the students? There's loads of different benefits. So one of the things we, we did is we worked with loads of different student groups because they have different different needs, right? So new students come to the university, they don't really know um, too much. They're sometimes embarrassed to ask what they think are simple questions as well. So, you know, what's my email address? How do I get around the place? Um, even simple things like, you know, I've forgotten, you know, where my, where my flat is. Maybe they've been on a night out and they want to know how to get home, these kind of things. Um, so we built in loads of functionality for new students that just answers those questions. But more importantly, we personalised it so they can ask questions about their own specific experience. So just to highlight, you know, a couple of simple examples, maybe that a new student will be interested in, you know, what's next? Um, you know, where do I need to go for my next class? Or maybe um, what mark did I get in my last assessment? So these are all fairly simple questions, but instead of them having to browse through some antiquated old web page, <laughs> they can just ask their phone or ask their smart speaker and they can get um, the answer straight away. As new students, um, we've also got a load of functionality for existing students. So they already know their way around campus, right? And they, they, they know some of the basic questions, but they might be interested in how busy things are. So you can ask how many free computers there are. You can even ask if there's washers or dryers free in the laundrette. And you can do um, richer things. So for example, you can book um, a group workroom in, in our library. And to, to do that, they you have to give it a whole how many people is it for what time is it but that's still a very easy process for the student to engage in because they can just do everything using their voice i really wish i'd had that when i was at university um what what about making it inclusive to all students um was that something that was really important to you was it difficult to include that in the app yeah really important I mean, working with students is something that we, that we do as part of our development process so actually the app itself is developed by a team that includes a whole load of students so they work on it they write code they design marketing materials they test it so working with students is very important but in terms of making it inclusive and um, one of the things we actually did when we started off down this journey was send out a questionnaire to around 3,000 students at Lancaster and we just asked them one simple question and that question was what would you ask um, a chatbot um, if we were able to provide one for you and that's how we kind of started working out what features and functions we should do but one thing we knew is a survey doesn't necessarily represent some of the really important groups when we're thinking about inclusivity so um, for example disabled students they may not be represented in a big survey in large numbers but actually this technology could be really transformative to them and so we included some special areas of work and one of those was support for students with a disability so we built in a whole bunch of questions so students with a disability could ask how they could get support how they could arrange mitigating circumstances for their exams how to see um, a counsellor and actually when we launched the app we had some really great and powerful user stories and um, i remember one student who was blind and she talked about just the power of being able to ask what was happening for her today and have that read out and, and actually even though she can see just being able to hear the device speaking back was 
super, super powerful for her. So that was really great. Since you've launched it, have you made any changes to it, um, like relating to feedback, or do you see it being developed further in the future? Yeah, we've made lots of, we've made lots of changes to it. And most of those are kind of developing it further, as you mentioned, and building in new functionality. So um, since launch, we've done lecturer feedback. So one of the things students really should be engaging with is feedback on their work, right? So they may have um, got the device to read out their grade, but actually we'd like them to improve the next time they submit some work. So now when you ask for your grade, as well as giving you that grade, if there is feedback, it will read that out to you. And actually that can be done in the device's voice, so Alexa's voice, or if the um, lecturer themselves has left um, a voice clip on our learning platform, it will read it out in the lecturer's voice. And that's something that's um, quite powerful for students. The other thing we've done is integrated with our lecture capture and playback system. So we know that students really value being able to play back their lectures uh, for revision purposes. And we include the transcript of the lecture in there. So for example, I can say, let me, can you play me the clip where my lecturer mentioned quantum physics and it will search through the lecture and then it will start playback at that specific point. And in fact, if you've got a video enabled device, because some of these smart devices have video screens built in now, then you can actually see that and you can see your lecturer talking, um, which is really great. And I think the other thing we, we want to do is try and make it available in more places. So smart speakers are really good, but sometimes you're away from, you know, your desk where the smart speaker might be. So having the ability to see that inside your mobile phone app or maybe inside another platform, so a web platform or something like um, Microsoft Teams, which is a system we use at the university, is really helpful. So we've been plugging it into more and more different systems just to broaden it out and allow people to be able to access it. That's amazing. I can't believe you can um, search through your lecture. That would have been so helpful. <laughs> Do staff and faculty use it, or is it just for students? No, staff and faculty can use it as well. I mean, one of the things we, we realised when we were developing this, uh, we started off very much focused on students. So I, I mentioned the survey that we sent out, and that was very student-focused. Um, but when you start to build it, you realise that without a huge amount of extra development, you can start to add features that are useful for staff. So a student might want to know who their next lecture is with, which lecture it is but you can imagine that a lecturer might want to know where their next lecture is as well to make sure they get there and perhaps some information about the students that are going to be attending um, and actually when you develop it you've already done the hard bit right you've connected up to the system that has all the lecture information in it. so why not add that functionality and actually that's something that we're developing so when we showed to students how easy it was to book a room in the library members of staff who got wind of this started saying, oh my goodness, it would be amazing if we could just say, hey device, book the room downstairs. So much easier for us. So uh, we had a load of demand for that. And that's what we're doing now. We're trying to broaden it out so that you can use more services because we think that this is really a great way of interacting with services. If we get it right, it should be quick and easy and actually you know, more efficient as well. What about keeping students' personal data safe? Because they probably don't want everyone to know what score they got on the test. So is it quite secure? 
Yeah, so that was a challenge that, that, that we had to, to look at. I think there's a couple of things on security. I mean, this is developed very much um, in the cloud. So you hear this mysterious cloud term kicked about. And actually getting the university um, kind of on board with being able to have student data being processed in the cloud uh, was, was one part. Uh, and actually, it's some, some of that is addressing um, misconceptions and concerns about how it works, but also just going through the process of being sure that the data is secure and that it can't be accessed by the wrong people, as you say. So from the institutional point of view, that was a part of, of the work. But you've, you've put your finger on something that was really important. So if you've got a voice device, right, that could be something that someone else in, in your um, student room or in your hall or wherever the voice device is, could ask. So what we actually did there is we, we looked at all of the questions students could ask and for stuff that was especially secure. So I think you, 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 you gave the example of grades there and um, it will ask for a pin number and through our mobile phone app, you can go and set a pin. So if I ask, hey device, what's my mark? And I'm on a voice platform, it will say, can you just give me a pin number? And if I read that correctly, it then gives me the result. So that's one of the ways that we try and protect that sensitive information, make sure it can't kind of get into the wrong hands. Amazing. What was the most difficult part of building the um, app? That's a great question. <laughs> um, I think one of the most difficult parts, uh, and this, this may sound a strange thing, but it was getting the university and the people that were funding the development comfortable with this being something that they really wanted to do. So, um, you know, when we went and asked for funding, people sometimes struggle to get that idea. And when we say, well, you know, voice technology is a really powerful thing for students. They're really comfortable with using that technology. They'd really love to ask a voice device, hey, you know, where can I get a bacon sandwich on, on campus? And they would come to us and say, well, you know, we don't really see the value of this. Um, so it was a it was a challenge, and, and that was about producing kind of demonstrations of, of the skills and having it working to actually show them, uh, and also getting feedback from students all along the process. So even when we built a demo version of the skill, having students say how useful it would be and and how we could take it further. But I mean, I I guess I think sometimes um, if people are a little bit worried or a little bit skeptical about what you're doing, that's a good sign, right? Because Sometimes that's how innovation works. You need to be pushing the boundaries. And if, if everyone's super comfortable with what you're doing, then perhaps you're not just pushing it forward quite enough. This all seems very futuristic um, to me, but do you have any predictions for the future of technology in IT, especially within its use in the university? Definitely, yeah. So I think we can see these types of technologies, so voice and perhaps... Um, AI type technologies, so machine learning working behind the scenes to make voice even more useful. So I think that's definitely a part of the future. So, you know, to give you an example, we could be making interventions to students. So using technologies like machine learning, we could work out how a student is doing and suggesting that they could do to get an even better outcome. So you can imagine the device saying, hey, you know, just realise that you've been watching this particular lecture over and over again. We think you might be struggling with this particular topic. Would you like me to um, 
make a call to uh, someone that can help you? Or would you like me to suggest some reading that you can do? Or would you like me to um, hook you up with another person on your course that can maybe help you? So those kind of um, interventions. And I guess from the university's perspective, this is really a change in how universities work. So this idea of a traditional, you know, we'll sit in rows and we'll be taught content and lectured at, we're trying to turn that on its head really and saying actually we'll put you in contact with people that we have at our universities that are experts that can kind of help you both academically and socially. And one of the really other interesting ideas is the device being your digital friend. So if you can imagine a real friend, if you're kind of sad or you're struggling, you know, you might ask your real friend for some advice. You might tell them um, your problems. You know, you might get a hug off them. Now, I don't think the Alexa speaker can sprout arms and give you a hug, <laughs> but there's some quite interesting technology there. Could we actually use it to, to help students with welfare issues, especially if they would be reluctant to come and kind of speak to someone in one of our services? So I think there's loads of different areas there um, that we can expand into and where technology can kind of really make a difference. Well, this has been absolutely fascinating. Thank you so much for speaking, me, speaking to me today. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Chris, for that fascinating conversation. I think Ask LU shows just how universities can use technology to provide real value for students. I'm excited to see the future implementations of this, as Chris talked about. I'm David Woodshale, Director of Marketing and Communications at AMBA and BGA, and you're listening to the Ambition Podcast. The fourth industrial revolution is changing the world around us. AI, robotics, big data, and the internet of things will combine to impact jobs and industry. However, the 21st century's intellectually intensive jobs will be impacted just as much as those manual activities that were changed forever by the industrial revolution of the 19th century. And I think it's fair to say the fourth industrial revolution will also affect the rules for which business schools prepare students and educational institutions are ideally placed to help produce the workforce for this new world and the student experience to match it. But I wanted to make sense of how business schools are using Education 4.0 to elevate the student experience. So I caught up with Margarita Pagani, Professor of Digital Marketing at Emlyon Business School and also Director of the AIM Research Centre on Artificial Intelligence in Value Creation at the school to find out a little bit more. Okay, Margarita, thanks very much for giving up the time to speak to us today. Um, I thought it might be interesting if we kick off with you telling us a little bit about yourself and your own career. Yes, thanks uh, for this interview, first of all. I'm very pleased uh, to, to introduce myself. So I'm a full professor of digital marketing at Amnion Business School, uh, where I'm also academic co-director of the Master of Science in Digital Marketing and Data Science. Uh, I have the pleasure to launch in 2018. And more specifically related to artificial intelligence at Amnion Business School, I'm also the director of the Research Center on Artificial Intelligence in Value Creation, where we research with a larger team of research fellows into the impact of artificial intelligence on value creation in human interaction and use of area, but also in the new way companies create and capture value doing business and shaping business ecosystem. And concerning my career, I decided to pursue the career path for focusing on how digital technologies, robotics, artificial intelligence are impacting the management just after my PhD management and after 
and over the past 15 years of them studying uh, these technologies, how they are evolving, uh, and how these technologies allow new forms of experiential engagement, a new business model, and um, their the impact on some outcome variables. And uh, in my class, uh, it is also relevant to mention that the Spencer Aliars has visiting scientist, uh, a research fellow at MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology in Boston, where uh, I have the possibility to collaborate inside the um, communication feature program. And uh, this experience uh, announced by the continuous interaction with the leading scholar and brilliant environment, uh, and also with many companies all around the world, and not only during the period of MIT, but also after, um, allowed me to learn also the study of artificial intelligence and able services, uh, considering more the role of multi-sided platforms, dynamics of value creation, and the business ecosystem. Right, thank you very much. Um, I mean, I think it's fair to say from your career experience, you've got an interest in education technology. Um, thinking specifically about Education 4.0, what, do, what does it really mean to you personally and to your school? And what aspects and innovations within Education 4.0 are of most interest to yourself? Of online 
and with the students may personalize also their learning approach and also uh, integrate uh, with the face-to-face courses with simulation or also access to different online resources and also as a webinars with a professor in different parts of the world that could improve also the experience, the learning experience. So and more interesting in this uh, educational transformation from the point of view of the content that are provided to new skills for the students because I am a professor, but at the same time also to use the technology to improve also the student experience with these uh, new technologies. Okay, some great points in there. I just, I just want to pick up on a couple of them. I think that it's fair to say that, you know, this is a very fast-moving um I guess, era in business education, things are changing very quickly in terms of technology. Do you think that, um, with, with your own skills perhaps taken out of the question here, do you think that business schools in general are keeping up with the curve or, if they're, or are they falling short in grappling, I suppose, with these emerging technologies? And then, I suppose, in particular, what challenges have you faced within your own school in terms of putting Education 4.0 in place in terms of teaching and learning? Okay, very good question. Uh, I would say that uh, in general, it is a school, uh, so, um, again, I, I answer this question from the point of view of the professor, which is more focused on the content, on the research, uh, and how to transfer to the students at the right sentences. And, uh, of course, our focus is not to learn how the technology are evolving. But there are plenty of platforms and uh, uh, technologies around that could help to improve the experience, but maybe the professor has less keen to learn new how the different technologies are working around. So the first important challenge that the business school has faced is how to create this culture inside, so how to teach the professor to, uh, to use and take the opportunities better technologies. Uh, the COVID situation that obliged us to go online for, to develop distance learning was uh, an accelerator in, in some way because all the professors were forced and me too to use the different technologies and the platform to communicate with the students and at the same time there was the curiosity to discover the, the potentialities around us and uh, the school I was very supportive in this uh, providing us with the uh, required skills uh, to move uh, on and so again, what is interesting is that uh, uh, this new technology allows the professor to change, as said before, the pedagogical uh, way to transfer content, but at the same time, you need to reimagine the assessment with the student and also the smart approach to campus design. So also the, the school has a big role to invest in the facilities, invest in the network, invest in platform uh, to help to create this new uh, changing environment. So definitely, um, this is the, the most important challenge that this school has to face, I could say, and uh, had to manage. And at the same time, it's uh, very important to invest uh, in Education 4.0 because um, there is a richness in the way I can transfer my content to the students if I capitalize on the digital technologies. So it's not all, the role of the professor is to become an orchestrator, I could say. It's no more important only the face-to-face uh, transfer of content that the professor can give to the students, but it's uh, much more important also how to orchestrate create other resources. There could be webinars, it could be guest teachers from uh, uh, experts uh, in different parts of the world that could share their knowledge or 
link the students uh, uh, as a new possibilities to share their, their group project, for example, to work in a case study or to be assessed in a different way. And on that point, you know, I think it's fair to say that there's a challenge, I suppose, in striking the balance between the, the role of technology and the role of face-to-face -face learning. Do you find that your students are requiring more digitization or um, or less, or, you know, is it, is, it, is it a good balance at the moment? Um, you know, what are sort of students saying about it? What's their feedback? I could say, till now, there is a, a good balance. We don't have to... We don't have to forget that uh, it's very, very important the role of the professor inside the class and the relationship with the student because uh, technologies uh, could uh, empower the professor to transfer better expertise uh, to enrich uh, the, the knowledge, but uh, the technology uh, cannot replace the professor. So the, the human part, uh, the face-to-face -face, uh, meetings that are very important. Uh, so, for example, with the COVID situation, we have to reorganize uh, the office hour and the students have the need uh, to have also a face-to-face -face meeting uh, with the professor because it's uh, extremely important to have this uh, human part, I would say. Uh, the technology can empower the professor, can empower also the way that the knowledge is transferred, can empower also the learning approach by the students, but cannot replace totally the professor. Uh, from my experience, for example, uh, as a co-director of this Master of Science, so uh, I meet uh, frequently um, on daily basis, I could say, uh, the students, uh, because they can share their experience when they decided to move uh, the, the semester online. And uh, so they signaled out the importance of the presence of the professor, so to have the possibility to have a human contact, definitely, uh, and also to be assessed in a different way, only sometimes for courses that are more techniques, uh, to have the possibility to record the course, uh, because they need uh, to uh, go through the course several times to learn a different topic. So the technology allows this uh, as a benefit to have the possibility to um, attend the course uh, at my path, of course, but um, of course, uh, we need uh, to fine-tune the technology according to the needs of the students. And the role of the human is uh, very important. So to answer your question, I would say a balance between digital technologies and face-to-face, -face, uh, it will be also in the future always required. Absolutely, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, and then I suppose, considering the, the, the massive revolution within education that, that technology and education 4.0 has led to, Several commentators have, have written that business schools that don't adopt these technologies quickly enough could face being made redundant. Do you agree with this statement? So technology is, um, okay, uh, is an evolving field and also the business school needed to, to invest a lot in this area. So a lot of need to be reinforced, discovered. Uh, there is a big debate. Uh, so don't forget that we are talking about business school, so where management is very important. Sometimes the teaching um, is based on case study or exercise. Uh, imagine of this finance, my colleague in finance, signal also the problem to go totally online is not possible for them. But uh, in some disciplines, uh, it's very important also the approach uh, that cannot be replaced by the digital technology. So you can say that the business school needed to consider, of course, uh, 
the potentiality of their technologies uh, to enrich uh, the, the teaching experience and learning experience of the students, uh, but of course uh, they need to consider the different disciplines in different ways. Uh, in my case, uh, I'm involved with teaching digital marketing or artificial intelligence in management, uh, and also in the Master of Science of Digital Marketing Data Science, so we are facing digital technology. So for us, uh, is a uh, I could see easier to integrate technologies uh, in pedagogy and also in the way that the students can uh, approach the courses uh, because it's an uh, integral part of the Master of Science. And uh, we see that also the students are changing a lot because uh, they are supposed to, they want to use the technology in the learning experience to be stimulated uh, with different sources. Uh, and uh, to, to discover the different tools for the different platforms. And so it's easier, considering the new generation, that business school needed to, to debate a lot about the role of technology and how this could improve uh, their pedagogical uh, experience. Absolutely. And then last question, just to finish the interview. Um, with some, as somebody who's very much got your ear to the ground when it comes to technologies and emerging technologies, do you have any predictions for the future of, of technology and, and IT within business schools and universities? And, and how do you expect the, the landscape to evolve perhaps over the next 10 years? No, good, very good question. So definitely there are different, different predictions uh, of the future of technology and IT. So we can read the different reports. For sure, the technology improves a lot. Imagine also the role of robotics, artificial intelligence. Uh, and uh, don't, uh, if we don't look at uh, in this direction, of course, uh, we lose a big opportunity. And artificial intelligence could uh, allow to manage the data by the students uh, and also personalize their career path. So I would say that uh, in the future, I would see this opportunity implemented uh, in the school uh, because uh, it, it creates uh, a real value for the students. Uh, so to be able, with an artificial intelligence way, to, to detect uh, the different attacks, uh, the, the different data, to analyze the different data, and personalize also the learning approach of, the, of each student in a personalized way. Uh, don't forget that uh, some universities of the US uh, are already using also chatbots uh, to provide also basic information and assistance to the students. Uh, and sometimes the students uh, don't recognize also they are talking to a chatbot. So I would say also the implementation of a chatbot, textual or vocal, could improve a lot because the students can have uh, a direct answer to their question in a human way. So in some uh, humanized way, uh, and uh, but there are plenty of other uh, other evolution, uh, I would say. Also, the implementation of robotics uh, inside uh, the, the classroom uh, could be too important, uh, not to replace the professor, of course, uh, but to reinforce, uh, maybe to allow connection with uh, other part of the world. Uh, or uh, I don't know. I would say. Uh, a strongly impact of these new technologies, uh, artificial intelligence uh, and uh, robotics, uh, chatbot, uh, of course, uh, in the in the assistance uh, to the professor in teaching. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for your time and your insight. Um, I've certainly learned a lot, and I think this will be of a lot of value to, to people looking to, to replicate the Education 4.0 um, movement within their own schools. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you, thank you very much.
Well, I think it's fair to say that in order to take full advantage of the opportunities created by advanced technology, we need a similar revolution in education, not just to meet the needs of industry, but also to ensure the best possible student experience, use of staff time and investment. Don't forget to check out www.associationofmbas.com forward slash ambition for more content related to both this field in, in artificial intelligence, robotics and big data, as well as lots of other thought leadership content.